Welcome to another episode of Propcast, a property podcast that aims to educate, inspire, and engage property investors. We are your hosts, Dami Shionbala and Bimbala Osaige. Welcome to another episode of Propcast. Gosh, it's been a minute. What's up, Dami? How are you doing? I am well, thanks, Bimbala. How are you? I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm cool, right? Because I'm, we're still in lockdown. I'm slightly nervous about this whole ease of lockdown because I don't want to go anywhere. <laughs> I want to stay home. <laughs> well, it's been it's been three months, so I can I can understand why the uh, why you're a bit nervous. But we need to get moving again, Bimbala. So and we, you you've already started moving, so. <laughs> 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 You've already got two offers accepted, right? So you must be Yeah, well, I don't want people on the road. I just want, you know, the amazing thing about the lockdown was, even though, I mean, we were on lockdown, of course, I was, I was still doing my viewings and I was still kind of busy to an extent. But the beauty of it was, as I stepped out of the house, I knew for a fact that I was able to get to wherever I was going to within minutes. I knew there was no traffic. You know, it's like driving, it's like driving on a Sunday morning about five, six o'clock on a Sunday morning when literally no one's out there and you just get everything done that you need to do. That's how it was like. So when every time I think about the fact that the lockdown's coming, I'm like, oh gosh, now we're gonna have traffic. Now there'll be lots of people. <laughs> Well, I realized that the economy needs to get back on track. Otherwise, we'll be in trouble. But no, it's been good. Uh, my only complaint, um, it's just the fact that my children are eating just way too much. I'm just really tired of buying food every single day and spending so much money. I feel like the, all of my money has gone into, into grocery shopping. Um, yeah, that's I hear you. I hear you. So um, the traffic situation was like Sunday morning every day. And mm. yeah, that's pretty cool. But the, the food situation, yeah, I, I also understand. Um, when I look at my food bill every month, it's uh, very interesting. <laughs> Seriously. Look, I, I, don't want to say, I, I could spend an, an entire podcast just talking about food and the role that is played in lockdown. <laughs> Let's just say we need to go out there and make money to replace all this money that's been spent on food. So let's get right into today's podcast. So what are we talking about today? So, yeah, it's, it's about home ownership. I mean, home ownership um, in, versus ethnicity. So we, I came across uh, some stats the other day. And in fact, I think on the, on the day, about three different people, three friends sent it to me. And I, 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 I looked at it. Let, let me just read. Or let me just, for the, for the benefit of our viewers, of our listeners, sorry. So this is from the gov.uk, which is the official website of the UK government. Um, so they took a, they did a stats, they did a, a poll or a survey um, English Housing Survey, it's called. And in fact, the source is English Housing Survey 2017 to 2018. So they looked at a 2016-17 financial year period and a 2017-18 financial year period. Um, and it's literally just looking at households in the United Kingdom, um, households or house ownership in the UK, broken down by the different ethnic groups. 
And I'll just read out the, the main headline for this. It says, 63% of households in England owned their own homes in the two years from 2016 to 2018, which I think is fantastic. So literally half of the population owned their homes. That's amazing, actually. Yeah. No, the, no, second that's stat, mm, the second stat says 68% of white British households own their own homes compared with 74% of Indian households. So it's pretty much saying that the highest in terms of ethnicity uh, are the Indians, 74% of them own their homes. Uh, and then the next highest is, um, if I'm looking at the stats now, the next highest is mixed white Asian followed by the white British at 68%. Again, I think that's awesome. Um, the bit that's really shocking to me though, which we're going to base our podcast on today is the third point, which is the households in the Black African, which is 20%, and the Arab 17% ethnic groups had the lowest rates of home ownership. Now, I can't really say much about the Arabs. Um, to be fair, I know the Arabs are not even, they're just on a different level, so I'm not even commenting on that. But the Black African stats, is, for me, is shocking. Like, I'm looking at this table, and literally, if you take out the Arabs, the lowest is the Black African. Now, we're Black Africans ourselves. When I fill out my ethnicity part of any form, I put in a Black African as my ethnic group. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking, are you telling me that people like me in this country <clears throat> that work so hard, earn so much, have as much opportunity as everybody else, um, don't own their homes like I, I would like to get to the bottom of why only 20 percent of black africans own their homes uh, and i think it's something that we really need to to talk into i think that i mean there's a lot <clears throat> there's a lot to unpack with these stats so if anyone's interested in checking this out the link will be on our on our show notes but it's from the gov.uk website which is ethnicity facts and figures so this 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 these figures are pretty much as accurate as they can be. Um, yeah. So why do you think, why do you think that is? Why do you think home ownership in the black African community is the lowest it is, or it's the lowest, sorry, it's the lowest in the, out of all the ethnic backgrounds. Why do you hmm. think um, we only own 20, uh, only 20% of us own our homes? So, I mean, when I, when I read this, I have to admit, I, I was actually heartbroken. In fact, I'm still heartbroken by this stats. Um, and I know heartbroken is, is a very strong emotion, but I am. I am because every day, what I do every day, all day is trying to educate people when it comes to ownership, trying to help people and trying to get them to see that, look, there's, there's a bigger world out there. There's a lot that you can do. There's a, there's a big world that home ownership gives you um, and then investing in properties gives so that's for me that's my day job so this is what I do so when I see stats like this it's literally confirming to me that the work at hand is plenty there's a lot of work to be done which is fine I'll, I'll take the challenge as with any other person out there that wants to take the challenge with me but in terms so in, in answer to your question I have to admit that when I first saw that when I got been got over being um, heartbroken then I started to ask myself this same question why do I think that is and I honestly couldn't answer the question so I, I put it on my post I said I decided let me put it on my Instagram post let's just see what other people think of it and um, perhaps we might even put it on propcast 
Instagram post as well and just get some conversations going. Now, when I put it on my post, the main two, in fact, the main, the number one reason that people commented and or came back on was the fact that with Black Africans, we do have this mindset or mentality of, I'm going to go back home to retire. So I'm building, I'm building a home back home. So I'm building myself yes. a house back yes. in Africa because that's where I'm going to retire. Um, and, it, and, 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 and I get that. And in fact, the comments that did come through or that came through talked about this, but it talked about it more in light of the older generation the older generation being our parents' generation and probably our grandparents' generation that came here in the 60s and 70s and didn't necessarily um, build, you know, they didn't necessarily take, take um, how, how do I put this? So they didn't have the mindset to build here. They were supposed yeah. to come, earn some money, right? go back. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that is true because, I mean, for me, when I think about, the fact that I was born here, I was born in the 70s, late 70s, I must say, my God, did I just give away my, my, my age? Oh, dear. Anyway, <laughs> I was born in, let me just cook, let me just say it, because I was born in 79, and my parents at the time were here, and they, they actually came here to study, and when they, when they finished their studies, they went, they went back to, to Nigeria. They, they had no intention of living here. They went back, we all went back to Nigeria, and then after so many years of being in Nigeria, after my formative years, I came back to the UK. So, and I remember even when we came back. So when we came back in the 90s, I remember my dad saying that, oh, he had thought of buying a property then, or he thought of buying a property at some point, but just never got around to doing it. And I have friends that have kind of similar stories where their parents came here whilst they were studying, gave birth to them, moved back to Nigeria, didn't really buy or own any asset here in the UK. And even for those that did, they sold those assets because they just didn't think they were going, they, were, they just didn't see the need to have a property here in the UK when going back to Nigeria was their, was their only goal and Nigeria was really good. So we're, um, we're using Nigeria as an example here because Dami and I have our roots in Nigeria, but I suppose this applies to every other African country. Um, so I, I get that. And in fact, I'm beginning to think that this 20% that we're talking about is probably our generation. Because like I know that 90% of my friends, that my close friends all own their own homes. So if my 90% of my friends own their homes, if a huge amount of your friends own their homes, and a lot of people are getting into, into home ownership, then I have to believe that this 20% actually includes it's probably because of our generation to be fair otherwise that it it's higher. Be, yeah yeah it might be lower than that definitely and yeah i think i agree with the sentiment that a, a lot of um, the older generation they had the idea that they would they would go back you know countless number of people that i've spoken to that you know, they you know they sent money back home for a project or the other and, um, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, unfortunately. And they then have to kind of, you know, count their losses. So it's, um, yeah, I think that's definitely a factor. And, and I would agree that, um, you know, the older generation definitely had the mindset of coming here, earning some money and going back home in order to build. Um, but even then, I mean, even some... So we talk about maybe our grandparents, but even some of my 
but some of our sort of parents' generation, they they also, you know, some of them still had that mindset and some of them still have that mindset of going back yeah. home and building. Um, even though <laughs> they might not um they might not live there, but it's just yeah, let's talk about that actually. Having, you know, having a home in your country. Uh, mm-hmm. even though you might only go there once a year or once every two years or maybe twice a year so mm-hmm. you know um yeah what so what 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 which direction do you want to take that in, in terms so of- I, I want to talk about this i actually want i want to spend some time and talk about this mindset of i'm going to i want to own i'm going to go build something back home so and i know that so whilst it's yes it's prevalent amongst the older generation our parents generation i also know that even in our generation people some people i hear people talk about this as well and even when you think about our older the, the older generation they're not that old to be fair like our moms our parents and our aunties and uncles so these are people like probably in the six so let's say 70s 60s 70 years 60 years and so they're not that old to be fair so they have this mindset but i want to speak i want us to be real about this whole going back home to build so let's break this down so you're working here you're working in this society working all the hours that you can work in this society paying tax into this society training up your children in this society uh, literally this is where you live right so whilst you may not be home as in your where you're from you are here you spend a whole chunk of your life here and then you work hard and then you want to take that money back home now think of bearing in mind that like you said when people have when people are thinking along this and they're not necessarily spending like half their year or half you know like three months of the year back home or six months they're spending two weeks when they go on holiday perhaps they might do two or three holidays a year depending on if that person has some other stuff that is putting them back home. Uh, for, but for the majority of people, they probably go one holiday per year. That Those are the ones that actually do go back home yearly. And they spend, what, two weeks? At the most, three weeks, right? Because you're working, you've got children, so you can't really be spending much time back there. So you're going to go and spend two, three weeks of your year in this country, you're, you know, back home. But you want to go spend all of your money building this mansion. And you know, and you know how it is, right? When you're here in the UK or in the abroad <laughs> and you're going to buy or, or build back, you're not going to go and build like a small bungalow or a small flat. No, you're going, uh-huh. you're going big, right? They need to know that you've been abroad. So, <laughs> so people do go with big, you know, they're going to build all these big, nice, massive, beautiful houses. Now, the issue number one is for those that don't go often, or don't can't have the time to go, they end up getting somebody else to project manage this build. They send money back home. And in a lot of cases, people take their money and they, you know, they send them pictures that are not really their properties. And by the time it's like five years into the deal, you realize that you actually have nothing because the person you've been sending money to has decided to chop your money, as they say, as in they've, they've, they've not made good use. They haven't been good stewards of what you sent them. And there's no transparency. There's right. just much issues and stress. The workmanship is not as great and so on and so forth. There's a lot of issues there. So that's issue number one. Let's be real. Then the other one that I, I, when I was thinking about this, I thought, you know what? Even if you do succeed in building this nice, lovely, beautiful house, right? And no one's taking your money. You know, you were able to put your money. It's beautiful. It's there. It's lovely. And you know, you, you actually intend to go and live there. 
the challenge that you're going to be faced with and this is the honest truth like this isn't trying to sugarcoat anything the issue that we have is right now as of right this day that i speak the healthcare system back home isn't as great and if you are thinking of going to retire back home you you almost have to you, you cannot not think about access to good health system so i will use an example of you know my 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 parents my in-laws they have assets lots of assets back home they've got assets here in the uk as well but most of the time even though they intend to spend a lot of time back home they end up they're restrained from doing that because it might fall in a period where they, they they've got to see the doctors here in the uk or they might go back home and then fall ill and then they're a bit unsettled and they don't really trust the, the health system back home and they need to come back. So there's a big pull to pull for them personally of staying in the UK for medical reasons that they don't even get to spend that much time back home. So, I mean, these are just two, two of, the, of the reasons why I think Yes, it's a great idea to want to go and build back home, but have you thought of this? Have you thought of that? Um, and like yeah. and then if you understand how property works, asset building works, you know that if you have an asset, a house, so even though a house or a property is an asset, if you have an asset that is not necessarily generating you any money, it's not doing anything, it's just you've just built this property that you're only gonna live in once or twice a year then it's not really an asset. It becomes a liability because you have to still maintain a property even if it's not lived in. Yes. Um, so yeah, those are different things to think about. Those are the different things I'm thinking, you know, like if we, do we actually give this a proper thought? It's a nice um, idea to want to go back home and build and have this property, but have you thought about all these different aspects to it? And I'm just going to let you talk because I can go on and on. <laughs> so I think, uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to play a bit of a devil's advocate in this one. So you've given very logical reasons as to why, you know, you should consider greatly um, building back home. And I tend to think that building back home, sometimes it's more of an emotional decision. It and, is. Uh, uh, there's, there's a different kind of pull, you know, that pride of, being in your own country, owning a home in your own country, somewhere, you know, you can take your own children. So, mm-hmm. so you're not, so that your children can know that they have a stake in this land, that this is their land um, mm. at home. I mean, so there's, there's, there's that dynamic as well. And what would you say to, uh, I, well, I, I would say that I think that's, that greatly influences things. And then the other, the other possibilities as well is that you're, okay you're building something but it could be for a family that you've left back home you know it's it could be for maybe your your family's relying on you you're you're the one who you know a lot of a lot of our parents and even you know you know they 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 sent they send money back home because there's no one there to care for their for their um for their parents and their loved ones so there's also that dynamic as well in terms of why you know people would look to to go and build back home so i think it's uh the your 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 thinking is is right in the sense of you know if you build at home and it's sitting there it is a liability because it's taking money out of your pocket 
And it's un- unless, again, you maybe rent it out or you rent a portion of it out, then it becomes part of it, it becomes an asset generating um, uh, asset generate or it, it's it's generating cash flow. So, mm-hmm. but there's the other side as well, which is which are the fi- family dynamics, the sort of the pride of being a homeowner in your own country and somewhere where your children can go and say, "This is our, this is our, this is our place," you know. So, yeah. I, there's the, there are those dynamics as well. I think the and I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing to want to build at home. The problem. Yeah. I feel, which is what you've already touched on, is the fact that if you're not there, if you're not on ground, those guys are brutal and it's every man, every woman for themselves. And, you know, Mm -hmm. they will be sending you pictures and telling you, oh, yes, it's going great. Or, you know, we need more money for more resources. And then Mm -hmm. you take a a flight, excited, you know, (laughs) these pictures dreaming that you're going to go in this house. (laughs) You go to an empty ground. (laughs) <laughs> I, oh man I can't imagine the pain and the frustration and just the shock and horror and you know I know this because I've spoken to so many who have uh, who have experienced this and and you know you'd think oh well why wouldn't you get a family member to project manage these things well this is the point it's the family members who are embezzling <laughs> embezzling all that money so you know and there's this conception that well you're in the UK so you're earning pounds and, uh, you know, your, your pounds are, your pound, you know, your pounds go far. So, yeah. So that, that that's kind of my, 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 my take on it and shedding a bit more light. Mm-hmm. No, you're, I mean, you're absolutely right. It's an emotional thing. I mean, even I'm, I'm saying that, but even in my household, my husband still tells me on the, as, as often as it can, oh, we need to have a place in Nigeria. We need to have a place in Nigeria. You know, we can take the kids and it always brings in the kids. I think maybe that's meant to switch me up. Or, you know, when we take the kids, the kids, they need to know where they're from. They need to know their roots. You yes. know, when we take the kids, they have their own house. And I'm like, yeah, this is all good, you know. But, however, I mean, yes, I, I totally understand. And, and in fact, I think what I'm trying to say, or what we're trying to say on, this, on today's um, podcast is, we're not in fact what i am i would encourage anyone to have asset anywhere in the world including your home your home you know where you consider to be home but i think what i'm struggling with is if i am working in this society i am paying tax in this society i am raising my children in this society then i ought to partake of whatever this society is able to offer me. And one of the ways of, of doing that is owning a piece of the society, owning a piece. Like, I think the work that, that needs to be done is helping people to understand the importance, like the importance of owning an asset, owning a piece of land, right? Because I think that's probably what's missing. Because I don't, you know, clearly... If people are looking to build back home, it's because they understand the importance of home ownership, right? They understand what it means to have an asset. They, they get it. What they don't get, what they're not really looking at is the fact that where you are, right? Where you're having your day-to-day, your daily bread, your children are growing up, you have your first responsibility. And I dare say first responsibility to own something in that place. Even if you have no intention of living there for the rest of your life. I mean, if people, because again, I hear people say, well, I don't intend to live here. I'm going to move. 
and, and move back home. That's fine. At the time when you're moving back home, you can sell. In fact, at that point in time, you have a lot more money in your hand to take back home. But whilst you are here, right? You have to build something whilst you're here. You have to, you know, one of my, um, one of my contractors, one of the people on my team, he's such a fantastic, fantastic person in terms of his work. And I say to him all day, every day, have you bought, and he hasn't bought his place here in the UK. And I keep saying to him, have you bought a place in the UK? You're doing all this fantastic work. You're working, we're working together. You can see, you know, you, you know how this thing works. You know how profitable it is to have a home in the UK. You know the kind of, you know, some have a level of the kind of returns that we're getting. And I keep encouraging him to buy. And he keeps telling me, yes, I know, but I'm building back home. I'm buying this and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And I say to him, okay, I get it. You want to move back home, but your children aren't planning to move back home, right? So that's the other thing I want us to be thinking about. We need to be thinking legacy and generational. Because if I'm thinking, okay, well, I want to, I want to buy this property back home or build this property back home so my kids can have a sense of home and all that so but you realize that our children are, are you know are probably more british than we are so our children even though yes they are black africans as well they identify more with this culture than probably our culture right they're sure. born and bred and raised there they're competing with the people in this land so whilst i'm happy and excited about moving back home my children are not in a position in a place where they can confidently say oh they don't want to leave here so what is it that i'm doing for my children and my children's children here in this country. So I think for me, that is the way that we ought to be thinking. So there's nothing wrong with you, you know, if I start with here, buy at least one property where you live in, have a home, and then you can start to think about owning homes across the land, across the nations. Um, I would agree because, you know, as, as you know, um, you buy a house, you buy a home here in this country, you... Um, you benefit from one of the benefits of that is the home um, uh, the home gets capital appreciation so yeah. you, you, the, the, the value of your asset grows so even if you do buy a home and you wait a few years for the capital appreciation to kick in um, you you now have some equity in the house which you could actually take out and use to go and build at home so exactly. That, that's the simplest form of, you know, benefits that you can get from owning a home in this land. Um, yeah. And as yeah. we said, we know that the pound stretches further because of conversion rates and, um, and so on and so forth. So if you're able to, from an, from an asset you own, if you're able to unlock some equity just from natural appreciation, not, not you haven't done anything, just from natural appreciation of, uh, of, of growth, you can yeah. take that and then you can use it to fund either other purchases here or you take that and fund a purchase at home or a build project at home. But I think the most important thing is making sure <laughs> you, <laughs> you have someone who can manage it that you fully, fully trust. Even as I'm saying it, even those you fully, fully trust, <laughs> you still... <laughs> So doggy, doggy eats dog out world out there. But, you know, like I said, I think, <laughs> like I said, I think, I think we definitely have a, 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 a we've got a, we've got the the job on our hand, and I think it's really educating people, um, 
it's it's education it's an education piece because just as you were talking you know what i also realized that just that just came to mind is the power of leverage that you have in this country so in the uk and i, I will speak for the uk uh, as with probably most western countries you have the the mortgage system works so if you want to buy a property you don't have to cough up the entire cash for your property you only need to come up with a deposit and then you leverage off the mortgage right Correct. compared to back home there's no credit credit facilities are there but they're very expensive and they're not very accessible so in order for me to so let's let's look at let's 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 have a scenario so bimbola and dami so bimbola wants to buy a property here in the uk dami wants to buy his first property in nigeria so we start saving, right? We start working, we start saving. We've got the same responsibility. We have got the same outgoing, same incoming and so on and so forth. Every year, I'm able to, we're both able to save, let's just say 10,000 pounds. Okay, let's say 12,000 pounds, 1,000 pounds a month. So we're both able to save 12,000 pounds every year. So we decide that we're going to work for maybe the, the, for the next three years. So we have a bit, you know, at least about 36 grand to buy right? Now, in three years time, I can realistically take my 36,000 pounds and buy a property here in the UK for myself and my family, right? Because I'm going to leverage off a mortgage for the, the, for the remainder of the, obviously, I'm not going to find a house for 36k, but with my 36k, I can use it as a deposit and be able to get myself a, a nice decent home for myself and my children using the power of leveraging mortgages. Dami, on the other hand, has 36,000 pounds that isn't going to do as much i mean let's assume that dami wants to build a big massive fantastic mansion in nigeria yes that is six thousand pounds will probably still get him something but for this nice lovely beautiful mansion at, at a proper standard you probably might not be able you probably would still need a little bit more um to a lot more i would say in fact, a lot more to build that house of the same standard. That's number one. And number two, yes. you're ideally not going to wait. You know, you're ideally not going to wait till the end of the third year to then hand over this 36K. And, you know, you, you kind of want to, or should I say, typically people would start sending money in bits just so that things can progress, right? And then that's where you end up losing some of the money. But I think what I'm just trying to say is, I can leverage of a mortgage. I don't need to have as much deposit, as much money. I just need to be able to raise enough for my deposit. Whereas Dami has to come up with a full cash because there is no mortgage, there is no loan, you know. And even if there were, it's so expensive. Um, uh, interest then, rates are uh, fifteen point three seven around yeah. twenty nineteen. So that's 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 high. Yeah. For real. And then think of this same scenario. So in two, so we bought this property. So I've gone ahead and bought my property. That me by some sort of miracle has gone ahead and built his property, right? That he goes and spends two weeks of the year in, but you know, let's not even go there, but you know, so in two years time, right? Let's just say two, three years time down the line, I am able to remortgage my property, pull some money out of that property that I bought two years ago, and I still have the property and now I have a bit of cash that I could then say, actually, you know what? I fancy what Dami is doing. Perhaps I could buy a place back home for my family. So in two years time, or let's say five years now, so we're now five years in, I actually still have my assets in the UK plus some cash that I can now set, start sending to Nigeria to build this home. Now, Dami, on the other hand, has his rented property in the UK, which, is in, which isn't his. 
and it has this massive, amazing property in Nigeria. Now, the only way for Gami to get any money out of that property is to sell it because he's not going to be able to remortgage the house. Again, like we said, the interest rates are high and it, it pretty much is not something that is, it, that is normally done. Everybody back home is trying to pay off loans, not acquire more loans. That's not the mindset. So Dami really, is, really can't extract money from that property unless he sells it. Now, if Dami sells it, then that means he's lost that home, that's fa that family home, um, even though he has probably even has more cash than I do. Who knows? Well, he has cash. But you see what I'm saying? So in fi you know, five years down the line, I have a UK property and some money to go build in Nigeria. Five years down the line, Dami has his rented property, which isn't his, uh, a property, a massive mansion, which he has to now either think of selling in order to take money out or he can't take any money from it. So that's the difference. And I think that's the bit that I really want, that's the message that I personally want to get out there to encourage people to see the, the advantage, the opportunities that they have here in the UK or in any Western country, you know, build something there, have something for, you know, get a piece of the pie. If you're paying tax into a system, you want, definitely want to benefit from that system. If you're raising children in a system, you want to give them a good standing ground, you know, because it's a big competition out there. Uh, and I don't yeah. think that not buying, not owning your own home and buying and, and going back home is the answer. I mean, think about the Indians for Christ's sake. Like they were topping the charts on this, um, on this survey, 74%. And you and I know that Indians are also very much into families, into helping their relatives, into going back home. I mean, in, uh, uh, an average Indian goes home every, once a year, just like an average Nigerian. So we kind of have the same kind of DNA in terms yes. of caring for the family, um, thinking about our back home, wanting to, you know, not to forget our roots. But clearly something is different between our mindsets. So much so, so that 74% of Indians, I mean, maybe you can tell us why you think that is actually, Dami. Yeah, so I'll, I'll ask you a question on that in a second. Um, just back on your um, point about building at home in Nigeria. Mm. So you, you could also, or I could, in that scenario that you gave, I could split the property and, and rent maybe half of it out, which would, mm -hmm. which would make it, which would generate some form of cash. Um, yeah. I think you're right. Having cash tied in, as we know, having cash tied into something is 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 not a very uh, financial financially astute position to be in, where you mm. just have cash tied into something, and and it's a it, it is a very different mindset in um, in Nigeria because everything is is cash, um, yeah. because you know the, the the systems are not geared. That um, that they work in the same way, uh, you know, things work here. So, um, yeah, it's it's a consideration, and I think that's a very good example. And uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with, with with building at home, and it's actually quite. It's you know, if you if you do have your own property, it's amazing, right? You know, you can you can just travel there anytime. You don't have to worry about where you're going to stay, and you, you have your own property. But uh, like you said, I, I would agree with you. Build here. Um, have your assets here and then use the proceeds from those assets to go and go and find something at home which you can which you can use and you can have for your own for your own family so um, so Indians here's a question for you do you think that survey is higher because do you think that survey is higher because 
typically Indians, a lot of them live together. So maybe I can rephrase, rephrase that question. So for example, if, if when they get married, um, the, the wife would move into the home of the husband uh, and it'll move into the family home of the husband mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. So do you think that could be the reason why it's quite high? Because they do um, yeah, they do cohabitate together quite a lot. So I suppose if they if the survey took if there was a survey of say ten Indians and ten black African, right? And the ten Indians, perhaps maybe by virtue of what we've just described, maybe 10 of them live in two households. So they say the 10 people are really two households, right? And yeah. the 10 Africans are probably, let's even say they're two households or, or more. Are you saying that? Because I'm, th- I'm thinking that if, the, if that question was asked of the, the Indians, would, and they say, what is your position in terms of ownership? All of them would say they own their own home because they live, they're not necessarily renting. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then for the Africans... Yeah, but then if, if it's exactly the same kind of scenario where you're living in a, with your family, so you think that so, Africans will answer differently or what? No, no. so I guess it, it, it begs to see how, how, the, how the survey was done. So mm-hmm. if you, if, okay, so in, in that household, you have the mum, the dad, uh, mm-hmm. sorry, in the Asian household, right? You have the mum, the dad, you have the husband, the, sorry, the son, then mm-hmm. his wife, yeah. then you might say you maybe you have another son and his wife as well. So in that household, how many people is that? That's uh, six. That's, um, six, yeah? yeah? So those six people, none of them are renting, right? Yeah. But, would they, but then would, I, would they actually say they all own their home? So, well, this is the thing. So the thing is, when I, I'm trying to remember... To when I out. Out, yeah, I'm trying to remember when I fill out those forms about ownership i remember from from memory where you'd either have owned outright owned with a mortgage renting living with family is always on that form so i'm I'm hoping that this statistics would have captured living with family so much so that if there's six um, Indians living in a house, even though they are one family, and even though it's a family house, I don't expect that all six of them would take on, on their own homes because they don't own their own homes. So the mom and dad, or whoever's names on the deed, own the home, whereas everybody else is living with family. I would imagine that that's how those things should be answered. Otherwise, then the results are skewed. Um, yeah. With an African yeah. household, though, uh, with an African household, man, if I'm living with my family, I'm paying some rent. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm renting. <laughs> okay, true story now. We are now teaching you the with... value of renting. Oh, right? rent After all, if you are not living in this house, eh? Renting somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> now that's the real struggle right there. No, seriously though, that that is that is a good possible because uh, yeah, I don't see that. Okay, so this is this this comment I'm about to make is just based on one person and based on you know it's just only based on one, so it's not a good representation though. So I remember having one of my Asian friends who was in the exact same position. She got married, very lovely girl, got married, moved into her husband's family home. So obviously in the house, it wasn't just them, it was also the sisters, and it was a full house basically. 
I don't recollect ever telling me that they are renting. Of course, no, they're not renting. They're saving up to buy their own house. Um, but then if I flip that to my African side of things, man, even when I was living with my cousin, I was expected to pay rent. So. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So even though it was supposedly a family house, you had to contribute. I mean, I, even I tell my little cousins that now. I say, look, I hope you're not living in that house rent-free. I tell my uncles and my aunties whose parents, whose children are still at home. I say to them, please, you need to collect rent from them. They can't be living rent free. So I suppose when those guys have to fill out these kind of forms, they probably have to put in living with parents, living at home, living with relatives, or renting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, to be fair, though, to be fair, all jokes apart. While um, jokes apart, I think the reason why there's um, the the Indian community is very high. Is because as we know about Indians, that they are very much they collaborate. They 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 are not into they, they're big on collaboration. They understand the power of collective, um, you know, pulling of resources together. And I think like that saying goes: if you want to go fast, you go alone. But if you want to go far, you go with other people. So in a typical Asian household that has that mentality of we need to go far, so we need to do it together. It's very, you know, you can almost, you can see that in the statistics because where you have these six people living together, um, you have the, you, you find that within a year or two, because they've pulled their resources together, you've gone from having six people in the house to having now four people because the other two have gone off and bought their own home. Now, if they decide to take their relatives with them or their younger ones with them, they'll do exactly the same thing. They replicate exactly the same model. They club together, pull resources together, and they're able to buy very quickly. So you can already see how that number begins to 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 um, to double and triple. So I suppose if you had to do like a test and put... Um, put maybe a group, let's say 20 Indian family and 20 other, or maybe African or any other community, let's say African, for example, 20 Africans together, 20 Indians, the rate at which the 20 Indians will club together, pull resources together, buy houses and buy houses. If you look at them in 10 years down the line, there's a great possibility that out of those 20 people, 15 of them would have bought their own home because they've done stuff together. And it's kind of, you know giving giving them a, a growth you know exponential growth whereas with the africans for example if we don't work together like, like the indians and we're looking to okay well i'll save and buy my property and then the other person is looking to save and buy his property and the other person is looking to save and buy their property in 10 years down the line we probably would just have maybe about out of 20 just five of us that have been able to be in a position to buy our own homes because we've tried to do this stuff alone um, so I think that's the big difference. I, I really don't know that the statistics, I, I believe the stats. I believe the stats because, you know, we kind of heard about this model for a long time. And we're seeing this stats just reconfirms that, yes, that model works. Yeah, no, that's, um, yeah, I think it's, uh, <sighs> I, I hope we can, um, you know, in light of everything that's happened in recent times, I hope that we can start working together and um looking at doing things together um just as other just as other communities do so that we can also increase these statistics that we see you know on paper it it is very 
you know it's 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 yeah it's it's interesting why you know there's only 20 percent of us who own homes in this uh, in this country and i think we should all have a collective look and ask why that is because there's a lot of us doing well in this country um, there's a lot of people who are who are really really doing really well um and uh you know i think you know we we should be able to get that number up um you know in the coming years if everyone is is focused on on building and building together so yeah definitely definitely and i think this is a good place to conclude on today's podcast um there are so many other reasons why um and i think this is something that we are going to take off this platform and push. I feel like I'm start, we're going to start a movement. Dami, are you with me? <laughs> with you, B. <laughs> yes, yes, we're going to start a movement. You know? I'm with you, B. No worries. Let's do it. Let's do it. So it's not even Black Lives Matter now. It's Black African property owners. <laughs> <laughs> I need a good slogan B-P-A-O. for that. B-P-A-O. B-P-A-O. That's right. <laughs> if I right now as I get off this podcast I'm going straight on my Canva I'm going to create myself a nice post <laughs> for my Instagram <laughs> okay guys thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode um, we, we are so, we're so glad that you're here with us um, it's been amazing um, if this is your first time listening or catching up on our, um, on our podcast please just subscribe uh, click on that subscribe button turn on your notification we aim to bring you this podcast every other week uh, and times when there's so much to talk about, we might even push it to every week. So stay tuned. Thank you so much. Follow us on Instagram, prop on the cast and send us an email as well. If you have certain topics that you'd like us to talk about, if you want to share your views as well, if you want us to bring you on as a guest, we are very open to all of that. And I think our, our email address is propcast five i think at gmail.com <laughs> it's it's all in the show note guys the emails the instagram handle it's all in the show notes and thank you so much thanks dami thanks Bimbala. until the next one until the next one bye guys bye, bye.